0: Hi friends, it's Pastor Drew Wilkerson from Bridgewater Church. Hey, thanks for stopping by this podcast. It's our prayer that as you listen, God will speak to your heart and you will feel inspired and you'll learn new things that will help you in your daily walk with God and just in life in general. So again, thanks for stopping by and thanks for listening. Good morning, everyone. It is so wonderful to be together online and to be able to share in god's word i hope you're ready as we continue in our series called whatever okay i've got a question to ask has this ever happened at your house somebody says let's go out to eat where do you want to go dear was the response it doesn't matter whatever but you know it's a trick Because the minute that you say, well, why don't we go to McDonald's? Oh, I don't want to go to McDonald's. I'm always thinking, what happened to whatever? Well, how have you done with it this week? Have you caught yourself saying whatever? It's the third week in the series, and the definition of whatever is still unique. It means no matter what happens, lack of restriction, whatever you say or what will be, will be. In Philippians 4.8, as perhaps you have read it now for yourself, Paul writes, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Paul uses the word whatever five times, but when Paul uses it, the definition means to believe in something greater, to think on the highest thoughts that we can have in our minds. There's no question that what we dwell on in our minds becomes what we act on in our lives. And today, we're continuing our mental spring cleaning by pairing the whatever words from Philippians 4.8. Our first pairing was true and noble, and we talked about whatever is real. Our second pairing combined the words right and pure, and Jesus taught us about whatever is good. Our third pairing today comes from the words lovely and admirable. I I think those are great words, lovely and admirable. Well, the word lovely means desiring to please God, to be agreeable, not resentful or Not willing to criticize. The word admirable means to be gracious. Having an attractiveness that comes from an inner transformation. When I got to thinking about the combination of these words, lovely and admirable, immediately one word popped into my mind. Whatever is delightful. Think about it. When you are delighted by something, Aren't you excited? Aren't you full of a desire to please God? When you are ready to delight, aren't you ready to give grace to others because you're so full of joy? Well, that's what I love about Psalm 37.4. The psalmist said, take delight in the Lord and He will give you the desires of of your heart. It reminded me of the time that a woman went to a, a weight loss class and the instructor did something that I had never heard of. He had each person stand in front of a mirror and he drew the silhouette of what they would become. Well that's what he did for this one woman but she was discouraged. She She looked at the silhouette and she thought I'm much bigger than the outline that I see in the mirror in front of me. But he encouraged her. The instructor said, you are going to be able to do this, but are you ready? It will take hard work and determination. And so she began to work. And week after week after week, she lost the weight and she got into shape and she was healthier than she had been in years. And finally, one day, when she stood in front of the mirror, in front of that silhouette That he had drawn on the first day she fit well isn't that exactly what this verse says in Psalms we have to take delight in the Lord and God will shape our silhouette spiritually into his image if we're willing to delight in him if we will give our desires in our heart to God Well, that's what Paul said in Philippians 4.8. To delight in the Lord means my spiritual silhouette needs to be bathed in what is lovely. My thoughts need to be full, not of resentment and criticism. My thoughts need to be full of delight. And when I'm full of delight, I'm ready to share grace with other people and even with myself. You see, that's why I want to talk today about what it means to think about this word whatever and to say, how do I not just blow things off? How do I I not just throw my hands up in the air and give up? But what can I do to become like God? How do I let God shape me into his image so that I will delight in him? Well, let's look at a unique story. John chapter 12, let's begin in verse 1. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took about a pint of pure nard an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. If we're going to delight in the Lord, we need to take three steps, and here's the first step. Delight begins with humble adoration. This is such an incredible story. I I enjoy reading it because I realize that it's, it's a story that was life-changing for every single person who encountered it. You see, it's the Sunday before Passover, and Jesus and his disciples left the wilderness of Judea to come to Bethany. It was a small village located on the slopes of Mount Olivet. It was just two miles from Jerusalem. And just a few weeks before, Jesus... Raised Lazarus from the dead. How incredible. I mean, what an amazing story. In fact, perhaps you've heard that story, but did you know what happened just a few weeks later? Well, that's this encounter that we have again with Jesus, but this time he's at Lazarus' home. The disciples and Jesus were traveling toward Jerusalem and they needed a place. to to rest they were close friends he had stopped at their home many times but this time come on it was different wasn't it can you imagine the talk around the table hey Lazarus what was it really like to be raised from the dead Jesus can you do that again (laughs) I think this is a great story and where was Martha do you remember Martha Lazarus sister Well, just read the passage. You'll see that she was serving. And what about Mary? (laughs) Mary was where she always could be found, sitting and listening at the feet of Jesus. But this time, no one minded. Everyone was happy. It was a time of joyful delight because everybody in the room was excited. Now, this is how I picture what happens next Mary was sitting there and no one really was observing her because they were hanging on to every word that Jesus and Lazarus were sharing back and forth until Mary took the cork out of a jar that held an expensive oriental perfume called nard. This this perfume had been around for the ages. In fact, we could actually, if we had the time, look back in the Song of Songs in the Old Testament and find a reference to this perfume. And in this moment, Mary took the, the, the stopper out and we're told that the fragrance filled the entire room. Now, what happened next was something that no one would forget. Mary began to use her hair. She she let her hair down, and she began to wipe Jesus' feet. And the reason I think she did, she had an undying gratitude because Jesus had raised her brother back to life. And so here she is, and now I think the place was entirely silent. Now, this isn't the first time that something like this had happened. Can you recall the scene in the New Testament when a prostitute had done the same thing? She had washed the feet of Jesus, but this time it was different. Jesus' love for Mary was rooted in a deep abiding friendship And Jesus knew the reason that Mary did what she did, even if Mary didn't recognize it. Jesus would soon die on the cross for their sins. It was a moment like none other. And perhaps everyone would have been accepting of Mary because they knew her, yet this gesture was was uh, an act of admiration it was an it was a lovely act of gratitude mary models the first step delight begins with humble adoration can i ask this when was the last time you humbled yourself and chose to be unforgettably gracious not because you had to but because You wanted your actions to be lovely. You wanted your actions to be remembered, not as resentful or actions of criticism and judgment. All you wanted to do was just love someone unconditionally. Or when was the last time you humbled yourself in total adoration of God? Where you decided that regardless, listen now, listen, Regardless of what everybody else is doing, you're going to do the right thing. You're going to be gracious. You see, that's what is the foundation of delight. And that's exactly what I think happened to Mary. Mary was full of joyful, lovely delight because of her adoration for God. I was at Hope Hill Children's Home in Kentucky years ago. And several weeks before we had gone in a series that I was preaching, I had given out a bracelet. I keep one in my desk. It was very simple. I was preaching a series on hope. And I gave everyone a yellow bracelet. And I had told them to give it away. I told them to give hope away. But my friend, Mickey Coulter, held on to his bracelet. And I asked Mickey, I said, Mickey, I said, a couple weeks later, I said, you haven't given away your bracelet. I said, why haven't you yet? He goes, it's not time. It's not time. God will tell me when it's time. And we were at Hope Hill Children's Home, and we had been ministering all week, painting rooms and fixing things. and, And this was the first mission trip that Mickey had been on. He he didn't even think he was going. He thought his wife was going to go. But instead, she couldn't even make the trip. But Mickey was there. To watch God work in Mickey's life was incredible all week long. But then I saw him do something that I still to this day will never forget. He took his hope bracelet. And he went up to a girl unexpectedly on the last night during devotions. And he said, I'd like you to have this bracelet it means so much to me it's brought me hope and I want to share that hope with you in that moment I saw Mickey delight in humble adoration it was lovely and it was full of grace I think that's why John Bunyan once wrote you have not lived today until you have done something for someone who can never repay you. Oh, listen. Don't just don't just keep saying whatever. Don't just throw your hands up when you're frustrated with someone. Don't don't just hang back in the room doing what everybody expects you to do. Don't try to conform to everyone else. Oh, listen, did you hear that? Stop trying to conform to everyone else and conform into the image of God. Delight yourself in the Lord and let the Lord just... Mold and shape the desires of your heart. Do what is lovely. Be what is gracious and admirable. But to do that, we must humble ourselves. Delight begins with humble adoration. But I'm so glad the story isn't over. Look at John 12, 4 through 6. What happened next? You may be surprised by it. But one of his disciples, now we're talking about one of Jesus' disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objective. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. As keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Here's the second step. If we're going to delight in the Lord, delight chooses to empathize. Can I say it again? Delight chooses to empathize, not criticize. What would you have thought if you were sitting in the room? Mary, at the feet of Jesus, I'm sure her face wet with tears, and Jesus' feet washed With this incredible nard and the room full of this wonderful perfume aroma everybody I think was probably still and then you heard Judas in the room what was she thinking in fact can I just put it in our our terms for today whatever was on Mary's mind Well, we know what was on Judas's mind. It wasn't things that were lovely and admirable. Judas was thinking about himself. I remember the story Pastor Robert Morris told about a friend of his, another pastor that was with him driving in one of the neighborhoods close to their church, and Pastor Morris said, one of our families lives in that beautiful home. And immediately the pastor spoke up and said, he should sell that house and give everything to the poor it got under pastor's skin pastor morris immediately looked at the brother and said let me ask you a question do you know how generous that man is to ministry do you even know this man and the the pastor was taken back by the accountability of robert morris and and morris went on to say if you in fact the pastor said well if he really loved the poor he would sell his home. And Pastor Morris looked at him and said, if you really loved the poor, you'd sell your home. Quiet. The car ride got uncomfortable. And then Pastor Morris said, do you remember who said that in the Bible? That all the money should have been given to the poor? It was Judas the one who betrayed Jesus. That brother looked at Pastor Morris and said, please forgive me, I'm sorry. Oh, come on. People try to cover up selfishness by tearing other people down. Extravagance to most people is having more than what we have, or at least what we think we have. Have you noticed that When we don't think we have much, we begin to think everyone else is better than we are or better off than we are. Have you ever had someone gladly list your weaknesses but not confess their own sins? We call that selfishness. And that is exactly what was the problem with Judas. He wasn't thinking lovely thoughts. He wasn't thinking thoughts that were admirable. In fact... Luke gives us a little window into Judas's life. He was a thief. He had always been a thief. And I, I got to thinking about it. I, I thought, well, how did he ever get the money box anyway? Look at John 6, 68 through 71. Simon Peter answered, Lord, to whom shall we go? We have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. Then Jesus replied, Have I not chosen you the twelve? Yet one of you is a devil. He meant Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, who, though one of the twelve, was later to betray him. Has it cleared up for you yet? Let, Let me do it for you. Why in the world would Judas, a thief, have the money box? Jesus knew what his character was like. This is what I believe wholeheartedly. Just like Judas, God gives us the opportunities to grow in our weaknesses. God didn't give Judas the money box to fail. He gave Judas the money box to rise to the occasion and change, change his thoughts, think about things that are greater, not to just live a life of whatever, but to do what God had called him to do. Jesus wanted Judas to have the opportunity to receive love and grace. The problem is Judas was the opposite of all things, no matter how long he walked with Jesus. And he continued to do what he did in that moment with Mary. He was critical. He was resentful. In fact, we realize just what it was like for him because if you do some studying... You realize that that Judas said the nard was worth a year's wages. Well, some scholars have said that the nard was worth probably about 300 denarii. If you break that down into today's terms, here's what it could equate to. The bottle of nard that Mary used on the feet of Jesus all at once could have been worth about $21,000 or more. Are, are, are you thinking what Judas thought? Wait a minute. When you heard the number, all of a sudden, were you, were you thinking what Judas had in his mind? Are you all of a sudden critical of Mary? Well, you know, that was a little extravagant, Mary. You know, I, I, I don't know what you were thinking you would do with that. Where did you even, how about this one? Did it go through your mind? Where did you even get that perfume? The late Catherine Marshall wrote something in a journal I once read that has convicted me for years. She decided to fast from being critical of anyone or anything for 24 hours. She thought it would be easy. Oh, I'm, I'm just, I'm just going to focus my thoughts On God. I'm going to think whatever is lovely. I'm going to think whatever is admirable. She realized as the day went on, as she listened to family discussions, she had several things she wanted to say. But she held her tongue because she realized they were resentful. They were critical. They were judgmental. The opposite of what we should be thinking about. And as the day went on, Catherine Marshall says, I felt drained. I I realized that that was really a part of who I was until late in the afternoon when I was praying. And I have been praying for a young man for a long time, she, she writes. She said, I was praying that God would bless his life, but then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit showed me my prayers for the young man were negative, critical about his choices thus far. She said, in that moment God told me, you need to change how you pray for this young man because it will have an impact you can't even imagine or realize. And in a moment she said, are you ready for this? In a moment she said, when I changed my thoughts and focused them on the the wonderful things of God, immediately my heart and my mind were filled with delight. Delight. Could you fast from criticizing, being resentful, and being judgmental for 24 hours? Could you and I hold back any word that didn't elevate someone else or give lovely admiration to God? You see, too many times we throw up our hands and we say, just whatever whatever you think or that's not what i think i you know we get into these arguments and we're like judas judas did you ever think about this judas didn't have to agree with what mary did but he still could have delighted in her action he didn't have to make a point what appeared to be an impulsive gesture to judas was actually a total act of lovely admiration that that resulted in delight oh man God wants us to understand delight begins with humble adoration the second step delight chooses to empathize not to criticize and then this last part of the story is something that I am so glad has been recorded Leave her alone, Jesus replied. Do I need to read it again? Did you hear the tone? Did you get it? Leave her alone. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. Here's step number three. Delight refuses to give less than our best. When I'm thinking about what is lovely, when I'm thinking about whatever is admirable, my thoughts are focused on God. He's shaping my my image, who I am, and delight refuses to give less than our best. Mary gave Jesus the only anointing he would have before his burial. Can you recall the events? We call it Good Friday, but he died on the cross. And then they quickly took Jesus down from the cross and prepared him for the tomb, but that's why the women were going the next day on Sunday, on that third early morning to anoint the body of Jesus. But... Mary, in this moment, the sister of Lazarus, had anointed the body of the one she loved while he was still living. So many times when we give a gift, we don't know where it will go or how it will be used, and we can't determine the impact in that initial moment. God multiplies our gifts beyond our wildest imagination when they're given in lovely admiration to him. Mary came not expecting to receive anything. She just wanted to give Jesus everything. Here's the third step. The third step, delight refuses to give less than our best. Can I ask you, when was the last time that you gave your best to someone else and they saw Jesus in you? When was the last time I gave the best that I had? Not because anyone expected it, but because it was the right thing to do. And certainly not because somebody was gonna praise me or, or thank you, but instead gave the glory and the honor to God. I want to turn over to Mark 14. In verses 6 through 9, this is the same story, but Jesus gives us a little bit different insight. Mark records that Jesus said, leave her alone. Why are you bothering her? She's done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you, and you can help them anytime you want, but you will not always have me. She did what she could. She poured perfume on my body beforehand to prepare me for burial. Truly I tell you, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her And here we are, 2,000 years later, still telling the story. It didn't matter what people thought of Mary or even what they thought of Jesus in the moment. Authentic delight is focused on God. We refuse to give less than our best. Judas would always be thought of throughout history, and he still is, as a thief and a betrayer. Mary, she will always be thought of with lovely admiration. In fact, we're celebrating the delight. Doesn't doesn't this story give you delight and want to challenge us to give more than we've ever given, to stop being resentful and critical, to, to choose to give grace abundantly where it's not even deserved. And whatever we do, did you hear that? Whatever we do, let's not just throw our hands up. Let's not, let's not overlook wonderful moments that God can turn in to life-changing stories. My friend Kyle Hunter, when we worked together in ministry in Pennsylvania, We had a a moment that was unforgettable. In fact, it took several years before he shared this story with me. We had a Sunday called Spring Breakthrough when we would invite people to church. And he was a math teacher at a local college. And one day he received a letter from a student. Her name, Melissa. She said, Mr. Hunter, I've been thinking of you. Perhaps you've heard it said that some people walk into our lives and walk back out, but some walk in and leave footprints. Well, your footprints are still visible. I won't ever forget the time you invited me to your church and you were praying for me. So she said, Mr. Hunter, let me tell you what's been going on in my life. I've graduated from college And I'm soon to graduate with my master's degree in special education. I'm employed and I bought my first house. But most importantly, I've grown in my faith and my strength in God. I realized that without God by my side, she said, I'm not sure how possible my life would have been in the way that I'm living it now. She said, in fact, I was just asked to deliver a message at a church function. I never thought I would hear those words. The glory goes to God because this all started by a teacher inviting a student to church one day. When I think about people who made a difference in my life, you are one of the ones at the top of my list. Thank you for truly being the bestest teacher in the whole world. Sincerely, Melissa, a.k.a. your favorite math student. Here's what I know. My friend Kyle delights in the Lord. And that delight overflowed in lovely admiration of God. And he wanted his student, Melissa, to experience it. She came to church one Sunday God spoke to her and her heart and life were changed forever. Delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. And that's exactly what Paul said to the Philippians. Think about what is lovely. Don't be critical. Don't be resentful. Think about what is admirable. Be a person that shares grace. And if we put it all together as we have this morning, we should always think about whatever is delightful. And then we will be lovely people who in humility admire God and were used by God to change the world around us. There is enough negativity in our world today. There is enough division. There is enough People who are trying to get what they want out of life instead of give their lives to help other people find God. I'm challenging us today to delight in the Lord. Not just throw our hands up and say whatever, but to delight in God. And I'm gonna pray for you, and then I want you to do something today. Let's pray together. Father, I realize that this is such a great message. You're not calling us to do what Mary did and and pour expensive perfume on someone's feet. More than likely, that's not what you're asking. But you are asking us to be full of joy and delight. Instead of criticizing and rebuking others, what you're asking us to do is to humble ourselves to be empathetic, and to give our best to others even when they don't deserve it. Because Jesus, you've given so much to us, and we are grateful. So like Mary, may we embrace the challenge to make an impact that we can't even determine in the moment. May we give hope away. May we choose to fast from criticism And may we decide to let you shape our image into your image, God. And then, Jesus, may we be full of delight that overflows to a world in need. And we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, here's my challenge. I want you to do this right now. I want you, as soon as you... Turn off the device. You're watching on Facebook. You're watching on YouTube. You've connected with us on our, on our website platform. Whatever, whatever you're doing, when you stop this, don't stop it yet. Let me finish this. Let me challenge this for you. I want you to call somebody, text somebody, email somebody, and just like Melissa thanked Kyle, I want you to share your delight in Christ with someone who has impacted your life. Do it today. Do it right now. And I want to also share this. If you're struggling and you don't know who God is, I'm so glad you found your way to this message. And I want you to know that Jesus loves you more than you could imagine or dream. He died for you. He came to life for you. So keep leaning in. Ask God to help you find your spiritual shape in Him. And then watch how God will transform your life. He did it for Mary. He did it for the world when He died for them. I know He did it for me. And I want you to know you're loved. And for all of you, until I see you soon, take heart and be transformed. Hey, friends, thanks for listening. And if you want to be a part of our e-family, then all you have to do to join us is click the link below and you can check us out on our YouTube page. You can also join us on social media. And if you'd like to support the ministry, then just click the link to give. We're so grateful for all of our partners and together we can do more than we can alone. So again, thanks to all of you for listening to this podcast and also thank you for helping us reach people around the world for Jesus Christ.